turn in your Bible to two passages, uh, Joshua chapter 3 and, uh, and Proverbs 4. Everyone say Joshua 3. Come on, everybody say it out loud. I need your help. Joshua 3, Proverbs 4. Joshua 3, let's begin there. I'm beginning a series today uh, called God Wisdom, and we'll talk more about that in a few moments. But uh, Pardon me? Oh, youth can go. That's right. Pardon me, Beverly. It's youth day, so all the young people can head out. Sorry about that, Michael. God bless our young people. It's youth day today. See you later. Amen. Uh, everybody say God Wisdom. This, this, uh, this beginning of January, we are beginning a church-wide campaign, as you saw, to gain the wisdom of God. And I'm going to outline that for you momentarily, but let me just kind of introduce it by way of looking at the life of Joshua and where he is in the beginning of, of, of Joshua chapter 3. Moses, everybody say Moses is dead. Moses had died and it was traumatic for the children of Israel. They were in the middle of, of, of arriving. They had not arrived into the promised land and Moses is dead. In fact, if you go back to chapter one, God had to kind of uh, shake Joshua into reality. He said, after the death of Moses, chapter one, verse one, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. It's almost like Joshua's in denial and God had to come and speak to him the, <coughs> the reality of his moment. Hey, hey, guess what? Moses is dead. You're up to bat now. Have you ever been in that place in life? All of a sudden you feel pressed into another level and you don't feel prepared or ready. God begins to ready him and gives him courage. Everybody say courage. Let me say in 2016, we need the courage of God to press forward into the purposes of God. And so Joshua kind of clicks into gear and he gets busy and he hears the word of the Lord and he steps into this new role of responsibility of leading the children of Israel out of uh, uh, the, the wilderness and on into the promised land. And if you're with me so far in this story, just smile and nod and say, I'm with you, pastor. And so that's where we pick up and God speaks to him and begins to tell him how to do it and how to accomplish it. In chapter three, it says, then Joshua rose early in the morning. And they set out from the Acacia Grove and came to the Jordan. He and the children of Israel, and they lodged there before they crossed over. So it was after three days that the officers went through the camp and they commanded the people saying, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, the Levites, bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. You see that? He said, when you see the ark, and you know the ark is where God lived at the time. It was the, the holy place that only the priests could go into in the tabernacle and, and the ark is going out before them. But catch verse four. Look at your neighbor, give him a little elbow and say, hey, catch verse four with me. Catch verse four. It says this, yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it that you may know the way by which you should go. For you have not passed this way before. Everyone say, we've not passed this way before. So God says to Joshua, and Joshua tells the people, you know, you follow the ark, but don't get too close. You watch carefully. You get some witness. And he's really sharing them wisdom about how to get from point A to point B. 
How many of you know in 2016, we need some wisdom from God to get from point A to point B? And he tells the people, don't get too close. You keep your eyes on it. You watch the ark of God. You you keep your distance, but you keep your eye on the ark. And the reason you need to do this is because you have not passed this way before. Now, if you think about where they'd been, they'd been in the wilderness for 40 years. And you know what? The wilderness wasn't huge. They had passed by a lot of the same things before. In fact, some people think they went around in circles for 40 years. You would have to have gone around in circles for 40 years. And so they had seen uh, every mountain. They had seen every valley. They had seen every river. They had seen every experience. They had been living in sameness for 40 years. Let me just stop and say to you, sameness is lameness. Somebody say that. Sameness is lameness. If you just want everything to always be the same, that's lame. Look at your neighbors. That's just lame, brother. How many of you, well, I gotta move on. I'm already getting distracted this morning. I haven't even got to the point yet, but how many of you spouses, I'll put it that way, like, like, uh, uh, your wife or your husband to kind of step it up a notch every once in a while with how they look? Woohoo! <laughs> Amen. Well, hey, they've been in the same old place, doing the same old thing, eating the same old food. In fact, you know what their food was named? Manna, meaning what is it? Anybody ever had any manna? Ooh, I've been in foreign countries. If they hadn't told me, I'd say this is manna. Because I don't know what the heck I'm eating. Out of. What is it? I mean sameness, sameness, sameness. And so for them... To hear Joshua say, you need to listen up. You need to pay attention. Don't you, don't be hung up. Listen, as we look into the new year, don't be hung up in the same old, same old. Let me just throw this out to you. Could I throw something out to you? I think it's on the verge of being prophetic. If you'll listen carefully, God might speak to you today, even through my old, you know, gray-headed, bow-legged preacher. Listen carefully. 2016, listen carefully. Uh, you've never been this way before. There are things you will experience that you've never experienced before. There are challenges you'll be challenged with that you've never been challenged with before. But on the other hand, there's blessings that you'll receive that you've never experienced or received before. You've not passed this way before. So therefore, listen carefully. You can't approach the new year just like, uh, ho-hum, the tune is dumb, the words don't mean a thing. You need to, we need to put on our thought, thinking cap and begin to realize, man, I don't want to miss what God has for me. I don't want to miss the blessings of God. I realize I've never been this way before. And if you and I are going to move into our new year and into the things that God has for us or into the promised land as the children of Israel, you got to awaken to the reality that there's some things you don't know about tomorrow that you need to know in order to help you get there and arrive there safe and sound with the favor of God upon your life. You can't, you can't look to the future with, with that business as usual mindset. You'll miss God's best for your life. You can't move into the new year with, with a negative mindset that was, hey, God didn't do it for me this year. I doubt if he'll do it for me next year. You've got to awaken yourself to the reality. Come on, somebody get with me this morning. You've got to awaken yourself to the reality that in the middle of troubled times, God wants to move us into the promises of God for our life. Amen. Somebody say amen. Woo! I've been, hey, let me tell you something. I took a couple weeks off. But I didn't take a vacation from God. 
I've been listening to the voice of God. He's been speaking to me. He's been directing my path. He's giving me wisdom. He's giving me insight. And, and, <coughs> and what I realize about my own life, I don't know very much. Look at your neighbor and say, neither do you. No, don't do that. Don't do that. I need God's wisdom in my life. Now, why? Because we've not passed this way before. Look at your neighbor and say, we've not been this way before. You've never been this way before. I've never been in 2016 before. I, I should not assume that 2016 is going to be the same as 2015. In fact, Beverly and I, we rang in the new year homeless in Southeast Texas. We're not really homeless. Beverly gets nervous when I talk this way. But we sold our house a couple of weeks ago. We're in a transition time. And so, you, do you see our, our, our motor home, not a motor home, our traveling house out there. We got family that takes care of us. Tomorrow we hit the ground trying to figure out where we want to live here in this area. So don't worry about us. We're fine. But we, we woke up on New Year's uh, Day going, mm, man, we need God's wisdom in our life. We need His direction as far as where we uh, lay our head. We need His wisdom and insight in our finances. We need His wisdom and insight as we lead this church to another level. We need God's wisdom. Anybody here need the wisdom of God more than ever before? Amen. Woo, man, I'm glad you do because I know I do. Uh, and, and, and as we move into the new year, we've not been this way before. So with that in mind, turn to Proverbs 4. Proverbs 4. Verse 7. I want you to memorize this verse. It says, wisdom is the principal thing. Everyone say the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. Everybody say, get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. Let's read it out loud together. Is it on the screen? Yeah. Here, let's, let's read this together. Are you with me? Wisdom is the principal thing. Out loud. Let's do it again. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. I should have kept going because the next part is hugely important. It says, and in all you're getting, get understanding. Listen, there's some things... Hey, we spend our time trying to obtain the things that we want in life. Uh, and, and hey, that's good. That's great. Uh, I have some things that I want to obtain in life. There are some things that I want to accomplish in life. And I've got, I spend time... In, this is fine. Thank you. I spend time, energy, and effort trying to get those things. But let me tell you something. Without the wisdom of God, we're going to end up foolish in life. And so the principal thing is the first and the priority thing. In fact, these two words, principal, uh, that means the first thing. In fact... Let me, let me show you this word. It's in the first verse of the Bible, Genesis 1 1. In the, in the, it's the same word. Wisdom is the, the beginning thing. That's where you need to focus all your attention. See, we get it backwards, don't we? We want to get all this stuff and then, oh, along the way, maybe we can gain some wisdom. Let me tell you something. If you gain God's wisdom, all the other stuff falls in place. All the children said, Amen. All the children look up, Papa Sam, say, say, Amen. There we go. Amen. Hey, 
So this is the important thing. This is the principal thing. In all you're getting, you better get wisdom. So, hey, I'm beginning the new year. And, and every day I've been saying, Lord, I need your wisdom. Lord, I'm asking for wisdom. We're going to, I'm going to give you a plan in just a moment. Uh, and so you need to realize that that's the priority. It's the top priority. It should be the top priority of your life. When you look to the future of anything, when you look to something new, the top priority is what does God think? What does He want me to know? What's His wisdom in my life? What's the thus saith the Lord for my life? Amen. It's the principal thing. It's the top priority. It should be the top priority of our life. And then the word get. And all you're getting, get. That word get means to erect, create, or procure by purchase. In other words, it takes effort and energy. How many of you, you know good and well that your sister or your brother was not born with wisdom in their life? How many of you know good and daggum well that your spouse was not born with God's wisdom in their life? How many of you know that you were not born with wisdom? You got to get it. Somebody say you got to get it. You got to go out there and get it. You can't just pray that it comes and we're going to pray that it comes. But listen, we need to partner with God and realize that the getting of wisdom and Solomon wouldn't have told his son, hey, and all the getting, let me tell you the top priority he told his son, he's and, his, and those in us, really, the Holy Spirit, the top priority of your life when it comes to your walk with God is to get this, to create it, to procure it, to pay for it, to do whatever you need to do to get wisdom. Amen. So let me give you a definition. Let me give you a great definition of wisdom. In fact, uh, uh, we spent the night with the Weirs last night and, and Ty and, and uh, uh, Grandma Bebo, uh, they had a little time and Ty asked, what is wisdom? And so Beverly answered in his terminology, uh, you know, and maybe his mindset, what she, a good answer for what wisdom was and did a great job. But let me give you a definition that I think works great for us. And here it is. The ability to live life skillfully. Say it with me out loud. The ability to live life skillfully. You see, here's what you and I need to understand and know about living a godly life. To live a godly life, it takes skill. It takes godly skill. Develop, the ability to live a godly life in the midst of an ungodly world requires godly skill. You can't just stumble into the wisdom of God. Did you realize that? You know what the sad thing about most of us? I said, did you know the sad thing about most of us? I said, did you know the sad thing about most of us? Do I have, did you know the sad thing about most of us? The lessons we learn in life are from the biggest mistakes we've made in life. Now, that's good to learn from your mistakes. Some people don't. They just jump out of the frying pan into the fire. I've looked at some people and told them now, listen, you can't fix stupid with stupid. Have you ever met anybody like that? They do something really stupid. They go, oh, I was stupid. They feel bad. They kick themselves. And then they go out and do something. I'm going to use this word. It's not a real word. Do something stupider to try to fix what they did yesterday that was just plain old stupid. So understand something. We've got to, we need his wisdom in our life. 
You can't, you can't get from point A to point B without the wisdom of God in your life. It's going to take skill, effort, and, and, and it doesn't just happen. We got to get busy about the business of gaining the wisdom of God in our life. In fact, on Wednesday nights, beginning this Wednesday, I'm going to give you some practical principles uh, uh, throughout the month of January on how to gain God's wisdom in your life and how to find the wisdom of God in your life. Proverbs is filled with all those things. And so it's going to take effort. It's going to take energy. It's going to take a reprioritizing of your life. It's going to take, hey, the priorities of your life. You know, some of you got big priorities for 2016, and that's good. Let me tell you the one that needs to trump them all, and that's not a political statement. The one that needs to trump them all is the wisdom of God about every area of your life. Amen. The ability to live life skillfully. It takes time, effort, and energy. Let me show you this in Scripture. It's true. Psalms 1. You, you, can, you can turn over there. Let me show you how this works. It takes skill. It ta- takes time, effort, and energy. I love Psalm 1. It's one of my favorite uh, Psalms. And it, it, he says this concerning walking righteously before God. He said, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. Now, catch this. And in his law, he meditates what? In other words, he doesn't approach this walk with God lackadaisically. He doesn't approach this righteous living by hit and miss. He doesn't approach being godly by, 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 uh, with a secular fleshly mindset. He, he spends time, effort, and energy about the business of living rightly. So he can become skillful and wise and, and walk out his days with the wisdom of God, the ability to live life wisely or skillfully. To where the devil's not always throwing us a curve and us taking the bait. Most of us spend most of our energy trying to fix our mistakes and try to keep from messing up when really we need to refocus our life on, on obtaining the wisdom of God in our life and, and being skillful in that. In fact, what did Jesus tell his disciples in Matthew 26 when he's in the, in the garden praying just before his death, burial, and the resurrection? He's sweating, as it were, great drops of blood. And the disciples, they were so spiritual that they began to sleep. They were just too tired and they slept and he woke them up a couple of times and he said this, could you do not tarry with me one hour. What was he saying? Listen, to get from point A to point B in life, sometimes it takes some time. Well, it always takes time, energy, and effort in any level. If you want to get through the persecutions, the problems, the pain of life, it's going to take time, energy, and effort for you to become skillful, gaining the wisdom of God to get you from point A to point B. Amen. How many of you know there's a world of self-help books out there? Anybody ever read any self-help books? How many of you know they're all great if you follow the directions? But how many of you have a whole world of self-help books sitting in the closet somewhere that you never followed through with? 
Listen, it takes effort and energy on our part. It takes skill. In fact, Paul told Timothy, study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not be ashamed, handling accurately the word of of truth. What was he saying? You're going to have to to, uh, obtain some skill here. You're going to have to take some time, some energy, and some effort to be able to get from point A to point B and walk through this life with the wisdom of God uh, uh, exuding from your life. take skill. Listen carefully. Researchers have studied what it takes to become an expert in a particular field. We may actually have some experts in particular fields today. I I see Dr. Jana back there. Uh, How many of you would rather if, if all of a sudden we had an emergency here in the house and somebody needed medical attention, you'd rather Dr. Jana be there than Pastor Sam. Well, maybe I could pray for her and she could... or whatever. But even Dr. Jana knows, at least she should know, that she's probably not the sharpest doctor on the planet. She's sharp enough to be able to legally treat us and take care of us. But there's things she doesn't know. Researchers have discovered that it takes a long time. In fact, here it is, the 10,000 hour rule. Everyone say 10,000 hours. I don't know how long that is, but uh, it's the 10,000 hour rule that they say if you spend consistent time, if you take consistent time, effort and energy, and you, you, you by and large expend 10,000 hours at, at pro, uh, uh, reaching out to procure, to develop and build an expertise in a particular hour, in a particular field, it, it will probably take you on average at least 10,000 hours. How many of you know that's a lot of time, energy and effort? Whew. And I'm sure probably very care if Jana could figure it up on her computer back there in her hand, and she could figure up how long it took her to actually become a doctor and then realize, I bet the first day she became an official doctor, she went, OMG, what am I going to do now? <laughs> I've got to actually do this thing that I've been studying about because, hey, I just now got started. And so it takes a lot of hours to become an expert in any particular area. 10,000 possibly. I read an article about a guy who had never played golf in his life and he wanted to prove this true. He's not quite through it. He said, but he's starting to uh, expand. He's going to try to expend 10,000 hours trying to be an expert golfer. Never golfed before in his life. It's called the 10,000 hour. Becoming an expert. But now, let me let you off the hook just a little. We're talking about experts. A guy named Josh Kaufman in his book, The Personal MBA, Mastering the Art of Business, suggests that the 10,000 hour rule may apply if you want to become an expert in an ultra competitive field, but to go from nothing to being pretty good, meaning significant progress, to go from nothing to being pretty good could take as little as 20 hours. To go from nothing to being pretty good, or let's just say you're pretty good at something, to go from pretty good to being really good at something potentially would take you 20 to 30 hours. 
of consistent, persistent effort and energy on your part to move to another level in your life, whatever it may be. It's going to take time, regardless if it's 10,000 hours or 20 or 30 hours, if you want to make significant progress. Look at your neighbor and say significant progress. Woo! Come on, say it. Say, say significant progress. Some, uh, some of you have been stumbling around and haven't made significant progress in years and you could do it in 20 or 30 hours. It's getting quiet in here. Of consistent effort and energy to obtain something in life. All we have to do is begin to focus on what we're seeking out and searching after. And this morning, we're talking about the wisdom of God, the ability to live life skillfully. And so, listen carefully. As you look to the new year, there's something you need to make as top priority, and that's gaining the wisdom of God in your life. And so, we could all go from uh, maybe a mediocre mindset or maybe mediocre to doing pretty good in our walk with God in as little as 20 to 30 hours this month. The month of January. Not the whole year, just the month. You could really focus in on some things and you could move from point A to point B because let me tell you something about where God wants to take you. Let me explain this to you. God wants to take you places you've never been before, to do things you've never done before, to see things you've never seen before, to experience things you've never experienced before. God wants to move you out of mediocrity into the promises of His of, of God for your life. He wants you to go to a whole new level this year and without His wisdom, you'll never make it. Amen. As leaders, as parents, as Christians, as concerned citizens, we need His wisdom today more than ever before. 2016 is going to demand a whole new level of wisdom from God. If you think you can take yesterday's lessons and listen, we live on yesterday's learnings. Hey, without yesterday's learnings, we'd have to relearn things. So we build upon something. We don't deny what we did learn last week, last month, last year, but we build upon what we uh, learned last week, last month, last year, so we can get where we need to go in the future. And we need His wisdom today. Yesterday's wisdom will keep you in yesterday. Today's wisdom will get you into tomorrow. Are you with me? Say amen. So the principal thing, everyone say the principal thing. The principal thing is to get wisdom. Gain the wisdom of God for your life, for your family, for your future. Gain God's wisdom. Reach out and get it. Create it. Procure it. Find the top priority of God in your life. His wisdom for your life. But there is a problem. Let me tell you about the problem. You know the problem? Everybody say, what's the problem, man? Sin is the problem. Because sin has made humanity what? Come on, yeah, come on, say it out loud with me. Sin has made humanity really stupid. There's a sin problem in the world today that keeps people from obtaining the wisdom of God. And, and the reason it keeps people obtain, from, taming, from obtaining the wisdom of God, because sin has made people really stupid. Let's be honest today. There's no sense lying on, on, uh, on the new year. How many of you ever done some really stupid things in life? You ever looked at yourself in the mirror and went, you stupid. 
You just thought you're the stupid. Hey, hey, listen, we all have. And the reason most of us have made those mistakes, it's not because we were just uninformed. It's because we were under the influence of sin in our life. Sin will make you do stupid things. And when you read the Proverbs, you'll find the word fool quite a bit. In fact, you'll find it in Proverbs uh, uh, 1 and 2. You'll find that he addresses this with, with his son, his young son, as he and others, of course, us. He says this in verse 22 of chapter 1. How long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? For scorners delight in their scorning and fools hate knowledge. You see, the reason we've done stupid things, we look back and we feel stupid, is because we're under the influence of sin in our life. And that's why Paul, Paul the Apostle and, and, and the New Testament as well as the Old Testament uh, instruct us to deal with the sin issues of our life. Listen, some of us have sin issues that will keep us uh, from the wisdom of God in our life. We've just got to deal with the sin problem. Because sin makes you stupid. Look at your neighbor and say, sin makes us stupid. It's really true. How many of you know it's true? And there's a way around that. We can look to God's Word and His will for our life. Hey, read the Proverbs. You'll find wisdom to get beyond that and be able to say, whoo, man, God's wisdom is going to help me get past this issue. God's wisdom is going to help me get beyond my mistakes. God's going to give me a way to get around this and get beyond this and get over this. Somebody say amen for goodness sake. We're dealing with the sin issue in our life. And so we ought to begin the year saying, just as I led us a few moments ago, God cleanse us, forgive us of anything we did last year that would help, that would cause us to, to, to miss what you have for us. But let me tell you the promise. How many of you know, there, yeah, there's a problem, but there's a promise. You know what the promise is? God, if we'll apply ourselves and we'll ask him, God will give us wisdom. Look, hey, tell five people, God will give us wisdom. Tell somebody, come on, God will give us wisdom. God will give you wisdom. God will give you, hey, God will give you wisdom. God will give you wisdom. God will give you wisdom. He will. He won't. In fact, James 1 says, He'll give it to, give it to you liberally. He'll give you a healthy dose. He won't just give you a little bit. He'll give you a lot. Look in Proverbs chapter 2, verse 1 through 7. My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. If you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver, search for his hidden treasure then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God for the Lord gives wisdom somebody say it for the Lord gives wisdom tell somebody the Lord will give us wisdom come on now say the Lord will give us wisdom he says for the Lord gives wisdom I love it for his mouth come from his mouth comes understanding and knowledge he stores up sound wisdom for the upright he is a shield to those who walk uprightly you see when you start dealing with the sin issue the promise of god is he's got wisdom stored up for you you can get over stupid pretty quick when you gain god's wisdom you get his wisdom and stupid goes out the door and you start walking living life skillfully knowing oh and and when you read through proverbs he talks about the stupid, the foolish guy who doesn't see the snare that's right before him, the harlot, the loose woman, the temptations of life. Read verse chapter 1. Look what he says right here. Ooh, I'm getting excited. My son, verse 8. 
Hear the instruction of your father. Look, verse 10. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, come with us, let us lie in wait to shed blood. Let us lurk secretly from the innocent without cause. Let us swallow them alive like Shia. Ooh, man. He's saying there's traps and there's temptations out there. Don't be stupid. If you'll search after the promises of God and the wisdom of God, you'll find it. James says in, cha- in chapter 1, if you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all men liberally. But let him ask in faith without any doubting for the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. You see, the principal thing is you better get wisdom. The problem is we've got to deal with sin. But the promise is if we do, We'll gain God's wisdom. He's got it stored up for us. And so with that in mind, let me give you a plan. Everybody say the plan. Here's our 30-day plan. We've already two, three days into it. It's the third, but you can catch up. Here's the plan. Number one, here's what our church-wide January campaign is all about. Number one, every day, read a proverb a day through the month of January. There's 31 days in January. There's 31 proverbs. You can catch up real easy, and tomorrow on the 4th, you can be right on time. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to open your Bible every day with me in your heart. Every day, I'm doing this every day. I did it this morning. In fact, every morning, what I'm doing, after I read the proverb, I'm, I'm uh, shooting a little quickie uh, d- devotional video that I'm posting on Facebook. I've probably sent it to you by email. Uh, if you don't want to watch me, that's okay. Uh, it would probably not be a bad thing to do. Uh, you might gain a little wisdom. Okay, th- thank you very much. And so in all you're getting, get wisdom. Don't. Hey, uh, first thing you might want to do is get up in the morning and just get in the presence of God and do whatever you want to do in the presence of God. Open your Bible and read the proverb. Tomorrow I'll be reading Proverbs 4. Then I'll do a little video. And so every day this month, we're going to read the proverb. Slowly, carefully, meditating on it. And then that comes us, brings us to the point too. We're going to receive the instruction that we hear. You see, just if you have it up here and don't put it down here, doesn't mean you, it's going to work anywhere. And so when you read the proverb and you begin to pray over the proverb and think about it, ponder it, meditate on it, God's going to speak some things to you. I promise. Tomorrow morning, when you read Proverbs 4, listen, I promise you this. When you, when you open your heart and you read Proverbs 4, God's going to speak to you. And then you just receive what He has to say into your life. And that'll help you with number three, respond. Once you receive it, you can respond to what He's saying to you thoughtfully and prayerfully. In fact, the Scripture says in uh, chapter, uh, look at Proverbs 2, 1 and 2. My son, if you receive My words and treasure My commands within you so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. You see, you receive it and then you have to apply it. That just means, hey, I'm inclining myself. I'm putting myself, I'm giving heed to what God says here. I'm not just reading it to to kind of get some kind of head knowledge. I'm applying what I'm receiving into my life and I'm going to appropriate it into my life. I'm not going to be stupid tomorrow. I'm 
going to let God's word speak to me and change my life and give me wisdom. I'm reaching out for it. I'm searching after it. I'm seeking after God's plan for my life. I'm not going to be stupid in 2016. I'm going to read the word. I'm going to receive the word and I'm going to respond to the word. And then number four, I'm going to request that God would give me wisdom to live my life skillfully in 2016. In fact, when you read Proverbs 2, he says this, verse 3, Yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of God and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. I already quoted it, but James 1, if anyone lacks wisdom, that's me. Let him ask of God, who gives to everyone liberally, but let him ask in faith. That's the key. I'm going to put, you want to hit the pause button with me? Everybody get your pause button up. Here it is. Stop talking bad about yourself. Stop thinking less of yourself than God created you to be. Quit talking down about yourself. Quit analyzing yourself and just say, oh, hallelujah. God's going to give me wisdom. I'm not going to be stupid. I'm not going to be what I used to be. Some people have such a negative perspective of yourself you can't get beyond where you are. It's going to be hard for you to ask in faith if you're always rehearsing some unhealthy, unholy perspective of who, of who you are. Are you with me? That was the pause button. Did you get it? I'll, I'll unpause here if you got it. You ready to unpause? You got it? Let me say it one more time in case you... I'll, I'll hit the play button here in just a second. Listen. If you, if you're all hung up with some negative perspective of yourself that, that has no faith in, in God or yourself and, 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 and you just live with a woe is me, who am I? I'm toe jam. I'm, you know, I'm, uh, whatever. You, you, listen, you'll never get beyond that until you realize, hey, I am somebody. God, I'm God's, I'm God's special creation. I'm special to God. And the past will not, the past will not confine me. And keep me and hold me down. I'm God's, God, hey, I'm God's creation. And guess what? God doesn't make any junk. You got it? Okay, here we punch the play button. You ready? Boom. Number four, we request in faith. God give us wisdom. And, and we expect to receive it. God gives it to everybody liberally. Are you with me? That's a guarantee if you have faith. So there's the plan in January. We're going to, every day, we're going to read a proverb together uh, and we're going to meditate on that proverb and we're going to receive what God is saying to us. We're going to apply our hearts to understanding. We're going to respond to what God is saying by inclining our ears and our hearts and, and changing the way we live to encompass what God is saying. You see, some of you are just hung up in the way you are that God can't change you. Listen, if He can't change you, He can't take you anywhere. In fact, next week we start the, the, the series Shift. Everybody say Shift. 
God has, has a shift in mind for a lot of us. For our church. Moving from one level to another. Changing gears. Repositioning our lives to better be and, and do and go where God would have us to go in 2016. And so we've got to be flexible. We've got to let God change us. We've got to respond to His Word and let Him begin to transform our lives and fix some things in our life. Some of you, you can't fix yourself, but God can. You're not smart enough to get out of the ditch, get out of the ditch, but God is. The other day I got stuck. It wasn't bad, but I was just sitting up on a hill. It's muddy and wet. I just, zzz. I mean, I ain't going anywhere. A little wisdom kicked in. You keep fighting it, you're just going to go deeper. I learned that by experience. How about you? And the wisdom of God kicked in. Pastor Ron is about three miles over there with his four-wheel drive truck. This is deep wisdom. Call Ron. Don't do what you used to do. So I can get out of this ditch. I can figure it out on my own. I don't need anybody's help. Blankety blank. Just digging yourself a deeper hole. You're not, you and I aren't smart enough. To get from point A to point B. In fact, let me just ask you, how's that working for you? <laughs> how's that working out for you? Trying to figure out how to get from point A to point B when only the only direction there is is from God. Amen. Everybody say, read a proverb. Everybody say, receive the instruction. Respond and request. The guy who wrote this, of course, was under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. His name was Solomon. Solomon was whose son? David's son. You would be wise to read Second, is it Second Chronicles? Let me look. I think I got it. Yeah, Second Chronicles 1. David has died, and now he gave Solomon instructions to do some important things. And Solomon needed God's wisdom to do what his dad had asked him and God had anointed him to do. And God comes to Solomon and He says, Solomon, whatever you want, I'll give it to you. Blank check. I've never had one. Anybody ever had a blank check? I've had blank checks, but they don't, doesn't mean there's anything in the bank to cover them. But nobody's ever given me whatever you want. You got it. Solomon, whatever you want, just ask. I'll give you whatever you want. Solomon could have asked for a gazillion dollars. God would have given it to him. Solomon said, I need wisdom. That's what I need. More than anything else. But listen, I'm about done. The top priority is I need wisdom. 
God said to him, because you asked for wisdom and not money, houses, lands, and stuff. Not only am I going to give you wisdom and then people call him the wisest man in the world. You know, when God gives wisdom, He does a good job. Not only am I going to give you wisdom, but I'll give you all that other stuff that you didn't ask me for. Listen, it's not about the stuff. It's about God's wisdom. But let me tell you something. You get God's wisdom, lo and behold, you might gain more stuff. He'll speak things to you. Lord, best stand up. How old are you, Lord, best? How much? She's 31. You can sit down. 32 years and four months ago. 42, 32 years and four months ago, or three months ago, my wife said, Oh, I think I'm pregnant. We went, OMG. This was not in our plans. Did you know that, Lord? T.O. Listen to this. All of a sudden, I'd gone out of manual labor making good money into e manual labor, and woo, that wasn't paying the bills very well. I needed wisdom. How do you pay? We didn't have insurance. This is going to cost us $2,000 to have a baby. Now, today it's 10000 probably more. And I asked God for wisdom. God, I need help. How do I do this? I walked into an antique store of a member of my church. There's a pile of old mismatched antique chairs all tied up in a pile and some old gate leg English table and something I remembered a restaurant you, it's still there today you go to Rockwall and you look to the left as you're going into Dallas on 30 you'll see a restaurant called Culpepper's I'd been there and they were they were doubling the size of their restaurant and their motif was exactly what I saw in the pile. I asked my, I asked my friend, I said, I, I, I need a table and, and some chairs. I'm going to go sell a whole bunch of this stuff for you. So we picked out, we tried not to pick out the best, we just picked it out. I cleaned it up and I drove immediately to Rockwall, Texas. I walked in the door and talked to the guy who's responsible over the owner or whatever. I said, here's what I got. I see what you need and I can sell you however much you need. He said, how much you got? I said, I'll sell whatever you need. He said, I need 200 sets. No, uh, I can't remember. There's a whole lot of sets. And you know how much money I made in 24 hours? Back in 19, when? 84, $2,200. Just wisdom from God. Believe you me, I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer. Ask my wife. Of course, she's not either. She married me. We just celebrated 37 years together. And my wife is about to be 60. She doesn't look it. I look it. I'll be 60 in May. God's wisdom. You've never been this way before. 
You've never been this way before. We need His wisdom. Amen. So what are we going to do? We're going to ask Him. We're going to read and receive respond and request God for this wisdom. And you better believe He's going to give it to you because if you don't, you won't get it. James said, let not the person who doubts this expect anything from God. This is not a little formula. You've got to have faith in the giver of wisdom. You've got to expect that when you apply yourself and seek after wisdom by reading, meditating, receiving, responding, and, and, and requesting, you've got to expect in faith God's going to give me wisdom. If anyone doubts, he's like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. Let not that man or woman or person expect they'll receive anything from God. Look at your neighbor and say, you've not been this way before. Let's stand up together. It's 12 o'clock. I'll let you go momentarily. Let's ask God for wisdom today. Let me just say, I, 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 I feel like today if you'll allow this message to set up in your heart and follow through, this will be a transformative month for you. And things will begin to unlock in your life that have been hidden all your life. How many of you could take some of that? Father, today we stand in your presence. We humble ourselves before you. And we lovingly and prayerfully recognize you as the giver of wisdom. That you store it up for us. You've got a storehouse awaiting for us to unlock to gain the wisdom of God in our life like never before. Father, we bow our heads and we ask You to forgive us of sin for sin has kept us stupid to the things of God. Naive about our future. Naive about what You want to do in our life. Forgive us of sin, Lord, to wanting to do it our way trying to force the issue and finding that we're stuck. Moving nowhere. We ask You for wisdom, Lord. You give it to, give it to all of us liberally, but Lord, we ask in faith. Lord, I choose not to doubt You this month. I choose not to doubt you. I choose not to fear because fear is a lack of faith. I choose to focus my attention upon you, the giver of wisdom. 
I'm not going to focus on the circumstances. I'm going to focus on you. And I boldly ask you for wisdom for my life. For my family. For my future. For my finances. For the ministry of this church. I ask you for wisdom today. For Lord, I know we've not been this way before. Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.